It happens here. And it finishes here. Two men enter. One man leaves. Two words of you. He said, shit, son. That right there he is a logical fire. <laughs> you gotta turn this somebody's in here. <laughs> Sound and everything. No Andre. Just me. And Paul. And Carrie. And loud music. Man, that's all. So. That's the only way to listen to that. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Welcome to the 23rd, 23rd episode of Chunky Glasses the Podcast. Two away from 25. And 25 is going to be a blowout. Ooh, math. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was told there would be no math. God damn it. Um, we are back in the new rock basement. And. Uh, we are drinking a few beers. Uh, Carrie spawned his homework. <laughs> <laughs> My spawn is not drinking beer for those of you CPS workers out there. Yeah, no. uh, we've been away for a few weeks, uh, so we're trying to catch up on some albums. This week we're going to do three. Hopefully we have a few out next week. I think some more. Uh, double down on this stuff. Uh, we have been busy if you haven't seen it. Uh, we interviewed Nassim uh, Curry of Kingsley Flood, and that video is out there, and we'll put that in the show notes. Um, and then beyond that, we've just been seeing a shit ton of shows, actually. There's also a lot of stuff coming out right now. Yeah, really well, and that's the thing, is that there are, I mean, <laughs> OMD and Molly Ringwald in the same day. What the fuck? <laughs> How does that happen? I know that's what I've been listening to. You sent it to me. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> like, if you haven't, then I, I feel tricked. <laughs> feel very tricked. Uh, um, like I said, there's been a lot of stuff coming out, um, and we're only going to talk about three tonight, and that would be Caveman, Phosphorescent, and Rye, for those of you who feel like getting sexy. But first, let's hear a little bit of news. That was for you, Paul. Thank you. Well, as you all know, um, Margaret Thatcher died earlier this week, and her musical legacy in Britain is, shall we say, somewhat checkered, becoming more so after her death as, according to Billboard, three different versions of Ding Dong, The Witch is Dead, Judy Garland's original, Ella Fitzgerald's cover, and another cover have both landed in the top 200 on, uh, on Britain's singles chart. Uh, An iTunes aggregator also says that it is currently the second most downloaded song on iTunes. So, good Lord. It's all goodbye, sponsored by Morrissey. <laughs> Did he hate her? Oh, a little bit. Really? Along I, with every other rocker and 
punk rock artist in Britain. Um, yes. did, you, did you guys hear about the uh, Twitter thing? Uh, it was a hashtag now that Thatcher's dead. Oh. But you can't have you can't have apostrophes. So it's now that Cher's dead. <laughs> and so for a long time that day, people thought that Cher was dead. And I'm, I'm not convinced she's not. But I mean, I don't want her dead. But yeah, she's still. <laughs> there are probably a lot of different comments than people were anticipating from Margaret Thatcher being dead versus Cher being dead. This is true. Um, in other news, a little further south of the Mason-Dixon line, yeah. Brad Paisley and LL Cool J have teamed up to release their masterpiece, Accidental Racist. Uh, here tonight we have Carrie do a dramatic reenactment of some of this opus's finer points. Well, I'm just a white man coming to you from the Southland, trying to understand what it's like not to be. Our generation didn't start this nation, and we're still paying for the mistakes. <laughs> That's a bunch of folks made long before we came. This is a tiny little print. And <laughs> caught between Southern pride and Southern blame. <laughs> uh, right, will you be doing the LL Cool J section of the accidental racist? Uh, you, 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 uh, okay, let's jump down. Let's jump down. Okay. To the, White uh, man. <laughs> oh, shoot. I just lost jump, jump Sorry. Down. White man, I wish you understood what the world is really like when you're living in the hood. Oh, wait. That's wrong. No, that's Brad Paisley. <laughs> Brad, Brad Paisley does not sing that part. No, I, I'm not going to reenact it. This so, was well rehearsed. Yes, it was. Uh, so if you don't know, Brad Paisley uh, and LL Cool J basically unloaded the possibly the worst song that's ever been recorded. I, I mean, I risked my relationship and played this for Daria on her birthday <laughs> um, while we were going to bed. She's still in the house. So. She still is in the house, so this is good. Were you wearing a Ted Nugent mask? <laughs> No, I wasn't. Um, I came later. Uh, but essentially, this is Paisley, and uh, I, I don't know, is he apologize? Like, what the fuck is going on? And why is LL Cool J involved in this? You know the, you know the story behind it, right? I, I know several stories behind it, but what's the one you're going to tell? Well, Paisley, I guess, got in trouble for wearing uh, the Confederate flag on a t-shirt um, at a concert. That I didn't know. Yeah, and... It was a big, it, it, it was a big brouhaha. Everybody was calling him a racist on Twitter. There were articles written, things like that. So basically, for the narrative of the song, he changed it to uh, to wearing a Leonard. It was an Alabama T-shirt he was wearing, and he changed it to wearing a Leonard Skinner T-shirt in a Starbucks and getting accosted by about that. So the accidental racist in the song is him from the prior event. He just right. changed the facts on it. So. There's nothing accidental about wearing a Confederate flag, though. And there's, I mean, is there anything racist about wearing a Confederate well, flag? Well, is this really it's... a hole we want to dive down on this podcast? No, I don't, I don't think we no. do. I mean, I think so. I mean, I've actually listened to the whole album. Like, <laughs> people ask me to review it. Uh, this is not the worst offender on the album. <laughs> so, uh, I, it seems like this <laughs> whole event must have, like, colored his, like, creative space or whatever. I mean, Paisley's always been known as, uh, I mean, he makes hits and stuff, but he's actually a remarkable guitar player. Uh, and that's how that's how I know him. Um, and for LL Cool J is that guy on NCIS Los Angeles? Yes, right? Farmers. Yeah, what Farmers? What? No, it's not good. I, I have a question. Yeah. Um, what has Prince done to be a dick this week? <laughs> We're getting to that. <laughs> um. So uh, yeah, yeah. Let's just go, let's go to this. In other news, Prince is still a dick. <laughs> <laughs> Um, South by Southwest, this wasn't a dicky move. Uh, he took over, I think it was La Zona Rosa, uh, and he played after a tribe called Quest and delivered a three-hour set? 
or five hour. Oh my god. That's it went into the wee hours. It was one I mean. or the other, but um, yeah, played his ass off at Lozano. And if you've ever been to Austin and into Lozano Rosa, it's not a, I think maybe a thousand capacity, and that I could be talking out of my ass on that. Um, and essentially, he just leveled the room. People yeah, didn't know what to do. They were like, "Oh my god, I'm seeing Prince." Since we live in the internet age, Twitter-owned company Vine. Um, is on everybody's smartphones, and if you don't know what Vine is, it offers six-second six uh, little snippets of video that you can then upload. It automatically uploads to Twitter. Uh, we started using it. Um, it's basically make your own GIF. Yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's make your own GIF. Uh, so it, it took off real fast, and as expected, like there were hundreds of them. And as what should have been expected, Prince filed the DMCA, and they were all taken down, and Vine was threatened. By the purple one. Yeah, he played for three hours. So. An amazing, never ending show. <laughs> Is what some said. Yeah. He's still a dick. <laughs> on, the, <laughs> on that note, let's move on to some albums. Second album, Caveman, uh, self-titled. Uh, Caveman is a quintet uh, comprised of uh, Matthew Iwanusa, the singer, uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Cobra Carbonetti, Stefan. Uh, you're right; it's hard to pronounce this stuff. <laughs> Sam Hopkins and Jeff Barrel. Uh, sorry, Stefan, we don't can't pronounce your last name. Uh, they played here in D.C. last night at an amazing show. Uh, but this. Um, we're talking about the album right now. Uh, if you haven't heard of Caveman, you may have been living under a rock. You, you should have heard of Caveman. Um, they're they're not huge. I mean, they were playing. No, they're, they're, they're so the, good. Yeah, um, they. Uh, we first ran into them. They were opening for War on Drugs back in 2011 at the uh, now defunct Red Palace, um, and it pretty much stunned the room. Nobody knew who they were. Everybody was there to see War on Drugs. Who a lot of people didn't even know who War on Drugs were at that time uh, and they just absolutely like killed it went on two weeks from there to play CMJ and completely blew up and I've been touring and making this record ever since um, so Gary 
Uh, I just would like to make a comment about the show last night. They give lots and lots of hugs. And they are a very <laughs> loving band to all their audience. They were so good. And they came out afterward and just hugged the shit out of everybody. Like Wesley Willis terrific. hugs? Or <laughs> nice hugs? It was very non-creepy hugs. Uh, and it was just, you know, completely equal opportunity hugging they hugged everybody. It was fantastic. Um, I think this album is gorgeous. It's like this really thick, full, lush. Um, there's like some... I know, my morning jacket tones in it. Um, the only real complaint I have about it is about 60% of it is somewhat directionless. Like the songs don't yeah. have a lot of toehold to them. But, you know, if it's well done and otherwise gorgeous, does it really need a point? Um, so that's, I've, I've been listening to this a lot lately. I mean, I, mean, I feel, I think uh, it's more right of their first album, maybe. Like what grounded this album for me, um, and and like I, I've loved them for, since the first album. And it was just like again, like I said, it just it was jaw dropping. Um, the album wasn't as good as the live show. This live show wasn't as good as the first time we saw them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was definitely better than the second time. Uh, but uh, I think this album is is whereas everything on Coco Beware's was sort of out in space and not necessarily hitting the target, just sort of making this gorgeous music. I think this is grounded by, I mean, this is like uh, Iwanusu um, talking about, like, like so I think specifically his relationships that he's had during this time, and just not, and then extrapolating that out to, like, relationships that you have with, like, the world around well, you. Compare, comparing it to, you know, their prior stuff, sure, but I'm talking about comparing it to sure. other albums that may, like, other song structures that may have a little bit more meat to them. Mm-hmm. I don't think that. It's, I don't think it makes this bad in any way. Yeah. I just think it's there's there's nothing that sticks like that. What you just played mm-hmm. is a, just shut you down. Yeah, which is a fantastic song, but there's not there's not like a riff to it that you can that you can go. It's like the same sort of like there, there's a song chances and it's the same riff for three minutes and then yeah. all of a sudden it kind of kicks into this. Um, there's like this off kilter harmonic fade that's like a Wilco thing. Yeah, it's just kind of like and it's it's neat, but it's not. You don't really remember it. It doesn't necessarily stick in your head. Um, yeah, it's like I'm between it's between space rock and spaced out rock. It's sure, sure. Um, it's definitely like you. I was envisioning like riding around the back of a truck in Wyoming with like a bong. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like I, I, I think I'm with you there because I want. I, I, I spent the spend the whole album going. This is nice enough, but I want them to go to go bigger or denser. Yeah, at different points because they're. There are some good vocals. It's got some nice. I know you you hate the term Kevin, but there's there's a lot of there's a lot of dream pop in this. It's 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 a, it's, a, don't hear that, it's a very. I think it's a but it's 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 lower key than a lot of dream pop. And I don't want them to go full out right there, but I'd like to hear some more. Um, I want to hear like three more layers. Yeah, I want to hear. Something. I want to hear more of a wall of sound on here, and it yeah. seems it's a little soft, it's a little well, spongy. Sometimes. I think there are some songs. Yeah, yeah. Spongy. I mean, no, I mean that's that's fair. I mean they. Um, now, they do go. They do fill it in a little more at certain points on the album. And those are definitely the, the the high points of the album. Um, and in fact, uh, like on the way back from the show, uh, we were talking about it and said basically, uh, I, and, and I love this album for the record. But you know, they're they're gonna have to do something. Right, you're not gonna be able to put out another one just like this. No. This is like what um, you would put in your doomsday shelter to keep like every, mm-hmm. all the crazy people completely calm because. You just kind of want to bliss out when you listen to it. Yeah, I, I think one of the songs that they hit, uh, which we should probably hear, is uh, "In the City." It was the first single, mm-hmm. and so. Well, and that actually, you know, it doesn't sound like anything else on the album. No, 
It sounds like, I don't even know, 80s band. We'll, we'll discuss it <laughs> while we listen. Paul, you, you were saying in a break, um, it sounds a lot like, uh, is it Chromatics guy, Johnny Jewel? Yeah, I mean, I, I, it doesn't sound like Chromatics, but it sounds like something Johnny Jewel would have produced since he's doing a lot of like the, the innovative synth pop work these days. And it sounds like something that could have come out of one of his studios. Though even this one, I want him to push it a little bit and get a little bit of an edge. Like there's the difference between this and something Johnny Jewel would have produced is there's mm-hmm. no sludge right here. There's no... There's no darkness to the to it. It's just kind of like there's nothing jangly about it. There's nothing. Yeah, it's, it's it's some solid synth work and some nice vocals that are right there. But there's nothing that makes you. It's Teflon. Yeah, that makes you worry. The Teflon is a great term for it. I thought Spongy was good. Spongy's good. Yeah. Yeah. Knocking it out. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, like again, I, I think the uh, the subject matter uh, and the way it is like definitely like works a little better for me. Like there, there are two songs that I can think of on the album that I'm just like, nah, but on the whole, uh, yeah, one of my favorite albums this year so far. So. Yeah, I, I gotta go. I'm gonna. It's, it's in my top ten right now. So, um, not mine. <laughs> I'm surprised, sir. It's because Brad Paisley just kicked it out. Dude, Brad Paisley is numbers one through ten. <laughs> uh, that may or may not be true. Uh, but this next artist is most definitely true.
break their PR bubble, but uh, boys and girls, that's a man, baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, you thought otherwise. Uh, it doesn't really, no, it's you easy just, to think you otherwise. Just crying uh, game. <laughs> Teaching Anthony a thing about gender confusion. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll get to that in, in some of the discussion of this, but um, that is a uh, duo that goes by the name of Rye. Uh, is actually producer's uh, Mike Melosh and uh, Robin Hannibal, they're Canadian. Uh, they actually worked. Um, Hannibal is in a. I should have written down the name of this band. It's like Quadropods or something. It's, they're Canadian, whatever. Um, they're not from Brooklyn. That was accidentally <laughs> racist. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Um, not even close. <laughs> Take uh, off your Alabama t shirt. Yes. <laughs> He's got a Leonard Skinner t shirt underneath it. <laughs> um, and. They met, and then they uh, ended up working on another project, like in Denmark. And then, like, they both moved to LA, and they're like, "Yeah, it's, it's working out well." well we sing together. We sound so like a woman. The whole thing started, um, and, and that's Meloche. Um, Meloche is uh, as a voice referred to as a contralto, which is sort of the deep end of the sort of pleasing female register. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, comparisons to Sade, and they're fair yeah. comparisons. Uh, and it's comparisons in the music. Um, These guys but, are, they're going to be at uh, six to nine. Uh, they are. I think in a week or two. Yeah, and uh, so they released uh, the song "Open," which we're going to hear in a few minutes, and "The Fall," and did it as sort of like an old-fashioned internet stunt. And then they named their album "Woman." As an old-fashioned internet stunt, and there was you can find nothing out about them, and eventually they had to play a show. And (laughs) you realize, wait, um, they're they're packing. There's all kinds of weird. um, You can look it up. We'll put some links to it. Uh, All kinds of weird, like critical, like gender criticism about this. It doesn't take away from the fact that it's. um, Well, the photo that comes with it is like this. You know, it's like this very provocative mm -hmm. woman's neck, and it's doesn't have an Adam's apple. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, at the end of the day, though, I think it's it's smart. Like, I don't know what you even call this type of music anymore. Um, it's um the the this that that sample doesn't really um, encapsulate it, but there's a lot of kind of uh, like Dion Warwicky mm-hmm. 1970s stuff. Yeah, and then, and then um, a couple of years ago, one Eskimo did that whole series where um, they, they had this similar sort of sound with the muted horns and mm-hmm. the you know a little bit of the, 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 the smooth jazz vibe but without you know going to yeah the it's, it's 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 almost smooth jazz but it's it's, it's also um, I hate I hate the term contemporary R&B because I don't even know what that's, the fuck that's that is. what you listen here at brunch at no but this Applebee's. is this is this is this but like for some reason like it resonates a little more with me this yeah is, no it's not is, brunch at Applebee's this, this is, is uh, this, this is midnight at a hotel bar right here okay <laughs> I think he's better than that I don't no, <laughs> no. not a fan Paul not at all hmm. how did I not see that I, look it's 
it's pretty. Mm-hmm. But the Sade comparisons aren't just apt. They're kind of where I start and end with this thing. Mm-hmm. It sounds like Sade. It's been done. And they're not doing anything new or interesting with it. And it's, like I said, it's pretty. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of like talking to a beautiful woman and realizing she has nothing to say. It's pretty, mm-hmm. but it's not worth spending time with. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's um, there's some undercurrents of zero Ow. seven. <laughs> yeah. I think there there's some, some a little bit of thievery preparation, a little bit of zero seven, but yeah. not enough to give it more heft. It's uh, you know. Well, I think yeah. I, I mean, it just. Uh, I think if you put this album in a room with the Charles Bradley album, you would um, have a lot of really sexy forty fives. Yeah. Yeah, that's so. true. I mean, I, I know I, I listened to it upstairs, and it was it was like dark, and like nobody's home. And I was just like, so, and let's <laughs> not continue. Not this like story. that. And Gizmo was on one side, and Gus was on the other. And How's your cats, by yes. the way? <laughs> uh, no, and and I found it really like uh, very like subtly complex. I mean, it's just it's a well crafted album, and then the icing on the cake is is this guy's remarkable voice. Um, I I still uh, I did not know it was a guy. Yeah, well, and I, and I recognize that like I, I I won't say that like I'm I'm falling for the hype, um, but I will recognize that like that may I'm still trying to wrap my head around the fact that when this guy sings, it sounds like this. Yeah, but I mean, look, I'm I'm gonna bring in Anthony the Johnsons again here because mm-hmm. you know without hiding it, Anthony had a has a has a very sure. similar thing Absolutely. going on with the voice. The difference is that Anthony sings from personal experience. Yeah. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of pain, there's a lot of heartbreak in those songs mm-hmm. and you really feel like there's something narrative to say. These songs to me sound very <laughs> generically of the love song well, variety. These, these are club songs. Yeah, and it's not that interesting. Like they, there's nothing interesting with the arrangements and there's nothing interesting personally, so I'm kind of like what is the point of listening to these unless you're just trying to set a mood? And if you're just trying to set a mood, there's plenty of other mood music out there and you don't need to add that to the catalog. So are you falling on the side of that it just is the... Uh, again, it's not even like a controversy. It's just like... It's just more of the same. It's like, no, there's it's a guy singing it and that's what people are drawn to. Um, well, no, I don't think it's just that. I think it would have... I think if, if this was a woman, mm-hmm. it still would... Because people didn't know it was a guy at first, obviously. That's the internet stunt part. Yeah, so, yeah. If it was a woman, it still would have gotten some hype just because people like this kind of music when they haven't heard it in a while. Most right. of them aren't digging Sade out of their back catalogs. Yeah. But when you see these modes that are popular, every few years, someone reemerges to reintroduce that type of music. And people remember like, oh, yeah, I kind of like this. And then they forget again it's, because they don't like it that much. It's funny how that's going to tie into the back of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> 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 <But, laughs> um, uh, no, yeah, no, I, I, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's, um, I don't, I mean, it, it is, which, I mean, might say a lot about this year so far, it's, it's one of my favorite records that I've heard, um, but the feel is actually Slim Pickens, uh, I, I enjoy putting this on, great stuff well, I mean, I mean, you guys know, I, I, I don't necessarily go for the pop stuff and the, and the stuff, I look for at least a little more meaning, and this, is uh, just frivolously enjoyable. And it's just like I can put it on and I'm like yeah. Boston uh, can't put out an album every year. You know? Well, they do now that I'm in it. <laughs> um, it's the same album comes out well, every let's year. Let's hear the uh, the single that actually sort of started them off. Uh, the name of the track is "Open," and uh, it is the title track or the opener of "Woman" appropriately. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and I don't, I don't, I really, I can't stand Anthony Lynn Johnson's, and I think you, that his you know, voice is I, awful. I'll go on record as saying I, I can't. I said I can't stand him. I just don't choose to listen to him. I just ugh. Derek and, and I Kim hate, love him. I, uh, you love him, right? I, I do yeah, actually. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know what it is about it, but and and why this works for me because um, the comparisons are easy to draw. Yeah, and and I will say from the writing standpoint, like yeah, I mean Anthony is writing better shit. Like content-wise, I mean, it's, it's, it's a delivery. It's, it's not really a fair comparison because they're trying to do two different things, but it's one yeah. that I couldn't help but make yeah. after listening to this a few times. Yeah, see, I hear that song though. I've, I've heard that song four times today, and I was just like, "Yes, like, this is nice. <laughs> this is nice." <laughs> I don't even know what he said. It just what, like what's that. happening to me. <laughs> he was at work. <laughs> oh. 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 That's right. I got my basement. I got my lady. I got my cats. <laughs> Man, it must be heaven. You got a refrigerator full of adult beer. I do. <laughs> no gin, though. Damn it. Damn it. Uh, I'm sorry. I let you down. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's right. Oh, you see it came to me It 
put its face up to my face so I could see. Yeah, then I saw love disfigure me into something I am not recognizing. tremendous things about the show this album is outstanding and uh, I think it's going to be one of the better shows of the summer yeah that, that song we played was a song for Zula it is the second uh, essentially the lead off song on the album um, it's been out since December so yeah yeah. It, the album starts and stops with a uh, just sort of like almost a prayer mm-hmm. and then it fades into this uh, which I will uh, I'm betting I'm the only person that's ever going to say this this is the most Don Henley song since Don Henley made a good song. And it's fantastic, though. It is just one of the best songs, like, this year. You're coming close to ruining it for me. No, 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 no. Think about it. So, <laughs> and granted, Hornsby wrote that song, but, like, a song like End of Innocence. I mean, he's, those, 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 the sounds, those fade-ins mm-hmm. and stuff, that's intentional. That's referencing, like, a song like that. And, I well, mean, it, it can't not be. And it works, it's and and that song works. It, yeah, it's beautiful. It tells a story, and it, and much and the entire album tells a story. I mean, Muchacho, it just literally means a, a young man, and this album feels like what it is to be a young man. Well, he wrote a lot of it on the beach, drunk in Mexico after a horrible breakup, yeah. apparently. Um, and if if this is what comes out of his breakups, I hope women mm. never stay with him because this is just amazing. <laughs> That's just mean. Well, you know what? I got things to listen to. Selfish. It's very, very true. Yeah, and, and so uh, for, for y'all don't know the history of uh, phosphorescent, phosphorescent, and, and this is what I, I, I know other people worked on this record, but this is essentially the camera, right? Like well, in his studio. Yeah, this is most him. Of, most of it. This is him, like figuring all this out. Who is him, Kevin? Huh? Who is him, Kevin? Matthew Hauk. Um, he started. Uh, we're all great things started actually in Athens, Georgia back in 2001 um, he, this is now his let's see which one is it uh, this is his sixth album proper he had an EP along the way uh, he also did, a, like a, did he do an album of all covers getting to that, getting that. Uh, here's a Taken and Easy uh, it was considered one of the best releases of 2010 The Mermaid Parade I think is another song that is one of the better songs that have been written um, it, it's stunning from that um and then uh, just for shits and giggles, he threw out a uh, an entire album called Two Willie. That is uh, <laughs> exactly what you think fantastic Willie Nelson covers. And then he takes a show on the road and puts together a band and and, and makes it happen. Um, I don't I don't know what is in the water in his like apartment building, but, like or Uh-oh. is what's breaking upstairs. Um, <laughs> That's probably my spawn chasing cats. <laughs> but uh, his consistently, um, from the get-go, was good and has just consistently gotten better and better and better. And, and this is, like, 
Uh, where does it go? This is this is I think somewhat similar to Caveman in that you've got this one like the album has one uh, a really quality sound to it, and then you have one track off of it that does not sound like anything else in the album, and it's just stunning. Mm-hmm. I don't think that song for Zula sounds like most of his stuff, and it doesn't sound like much of his older stuff. It's mm-hmm. so much more electronic, um, but it works. It's so so well done. Um, but it doesn't really sound like much of the other stuff on the on the album. Yeah, but it's Paul. I mm-hmm. uh, this is a hell of an album. Yeah. I mean, beginning to end, and this is something I harp on all the time. But as Kevin pointed out, it's a real album. Mm-hmm. It's got a coda to open it, a coda to close it, and a clear through line of narrative yeah. and intent. Yeah. It's something that not a lot of people do, and those that do don't do it very effectively for the most part yeah. these days. So it's just refreshing to hear someone who had a clear idea and followed through with it on an album and did it just beautifully. I mean, I think Song for Zula is the best song on the album, but there are there are several other ones that are close, and the album as a whole, it just stacks up with anything that's been released this year for sure. Yeah, and, and I mean, it's really... Um, if... Like just as, as a songwriter, I mean, it's just like... You know, if this album is what he said it was about, like a breakup, like he, he, it, he has an ability to like universalize these things, and that, you know, uh, and and you feel it. Well, there's 900 breakup albums. This one stands on top of all the rest of them. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. So good. It, there's there's a lot of Leonard Cohen esque. Well, stuff all of them. Not all of the rest of them, but no. Blood on the Tracks. Yeah. <laughs> No, but I mean, it's, it's interesting you bring that up because I mean, you know, this is this album came out what like a month ago or so, you know, and stuff. So there's no way to weigh it against that. Um, but potentially, uh, if not this, uh, I mean, he's headed towards that territory. I think. I think. Come on, Song for Zula is like you even said. You even like just like randomly chatted me. He's like, you know what? I don't like agreeing with you on shit like this, but. This is fucking stellar. Yeah, and and it is stellar. I am wary of hyperbole comparing people. Oh, I love it's not, it's not, not I hyperbole. Love it. <laughs> I am giving it, it will take decades. Okay. But, you know, and this might not be it. You know, but the level I mean if you yeah, this is just based on that song. I mean the rest of the album too is as much as it deals with heartache, there's like this weird like joyous, like infectious, and like there's little yelps and stuff in in almost every song, yeah. and, you're, and you're just like, I mean, this is a guy who's just like he's laying it out there, but he's also having fun laying it out there, and um, and you catch on to it, and when you listen to it, you listen to it straight through. Yeah, honestly, I mean, the thing the, in subject matter and information, I think this is a better. It's, it's better put together, but the thing it reminds me of the most is uh, the first Bon Iver album, actually. I... Which I think I have a higher opinion of than a lot of people. Wah, wah. <laughs> um, if Bon Iver, if Bon Iver ever wrote an album like this, uh, he, 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 like bon he can't Iver. write an album like this. Okay, I, we don't need to get down a Bon Iver hole because I really love the first album and really yeah. hate the second album, but uh, yeah. I, I, I actually don't need to be I a actually, Beth Rest apologist. I, I, I'm there, <laughs> no one should be. But um, that, uh, for me, that that is an apt comparison because I'm not going to go out and start throwing Bob Dylan comps around. But 
mean, that's, that's well, like, I having, mean, that's like having a prospect come well, up and people, call him Babe Ruth. People, you know? people threw Bob Dylan cups around for Bon Iver. And, then they, were, I mean, and they shouldn't have. No, no, no yeah. they shouldn't. But this, I think, they, they might... People like, threw Bon Iver cups around for Bright Eyes. Let's not be ten years down the road and be regretting that one. That's no. true. I'm looking at the track list for Blood on the Tracks because, um, of course, I have that on my iPod also. And, yeah, I'm not going to say that Muchacho is as good as that, but I definitely think that it's it's close. Yeah. And, I, you know, Take Out of Blues is one of my favorite songs ever, but it's, this album is fantastic. Let's hear another song from this album. Let's do It's so fantastic. This is uh, <laughs> Terror in the Candy. That it's shifted, that I'm hating on it by not wanting to throw out <laughs> blood on the tracks. Call. I think Paul is hating on everybody else, loving on. Yeah. Hating on yeah. I like this. But album Paul, you lot, like it. But let's not. You hear that song? You have a smile on your face, a song in your heart. You like it. You did. It's just not. <laughs> let's not rush to canonize the thing. Huh? Did you seriously just get all song of the south? Yes, I did. <laughs> Use that episode. So Kevin becomes an accidental racist. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't do the first time. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I'm, I'm sad that I missed the show, uh, and 
I'll be seeing him wherever he performs. But, I mean, it's just... You just have a little whoop. Like that, yeah, like that. <laughs> hey, and I'm telling you Just the, the delivery, the content, the everything wrapped around it. It's it's, it's not just a simple guy singing with a guitar. There are probably you know, like fifteen layers underneath that, and it's yeah. just it's if you listen to yeah. it three or four times, it's great. I agree. Anyway, so let's go uh, the rundown of what we thought. Uh, Caveman Paul, stream it. Buy it. Buy it. Um, right. Pass. Stream it. Buy it. Paul? Oh, wait. Should we just do this in phosphorescent? phosphorescent. Buy, Buy it. it. Buy yeah, it. Yeah. Okay, so uh, there are your albums for the week. We should be back. Wait, Dawes. <laughs> we, are, we aren't talking. <laughs> we aren't. I mean, if you wanted to rate it. Did you listen to it? No. God damn it. <laughs> I didn't need to. I listened to it. I, did. I mean... You can always have dogs. Oh, I, I listened to it. I did my part. I was not told to listen to it, so I didn't. No. Anyways, drink up. Um, hopefully we won't get hit mail from Little Kenny. Or dogs. Yes. Uh, 24 cents. Oh.